You're listening to the Modern People Leader Podcast. Today's episode will be a part of our People Leader Series, where we go behind the scenes with today's top HR leaders and talk to them about how they've gotten to where they're at and what they really do every day. Our guest today is Mindy Cox, Chief Marketing and People Officer at OC Tanner. MPL family, stop what you're doing and take five seconds to go subscribe to the MPL Weekly Digest. Every week, we'll share the top three takeaways from the episode along with the full transcript. Just go to the show notes for this episode and click the link to subscribe. And now, without further ado, enjoy the show. We're back. This is uh, this is our first episode that we're recording in 2023. So, uh, Mindy, apologies if we're a bit rusty, but um, I've been really looking forward to this one the last few weeks. How are the how are these first couple of weeks of 2023 treating you? Oh, there it's just such good energy everywhere. I've just been telling my team, I feel like everybody went home and just got wound up and we're kind of coming back as those, you know, little dolls that walk really, really quickly and everybody's got a ton of ideas and juices flowing. And I think the break is just what everybody needed to get ramped up for the year ahead. I agree. So the the week of Christmas and the week following, I had to like be very intentional about not opening my computer and not doing any work. And uh, yeah, you know, last week I felt like I got a decent amount of work done, but, but this week I feel like I have some momentum. I feel like I'm rolling and uh, I feel like I'm, I'm in this thing. That's good. We got to get our mojo going in the right yeah. direction. I it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. It's there's uh, a lot of question marks, but uh, I'm feeling good about 2023. Me too. All right. So let's get into good news stories. So Mindy, every episode, everyone shares a good news story. It could be personal. It could be work-related. Um, who wants to Who wants to kick things off today? I'll go. Uh, I had, an, you know, just to piggyback off what we were just sharing, I didn't say too much because that was part of my good news, is that we had the week between Christmas and New Year off. We every year we do, but because of the way that the holidays aligned this year, plus an additional Monday, it was a nice long break. And I really felt like I was able to unplug as much as a CEO can unplug. And I, I did recharge. And so hopefully you guys feel that energy in our, our recording today. I've also been looking forward to this one. We It's weird to go two weeks without recording a podcast. And I think that's how long is it, it's been for us. And so I'm excited about today. The, the other good news I have is I survived skiing with my partner. Well, she skied, I snowboarded. We got two days in, in the Pacific Northwest. And she was like, you know, ski, um, she was part of this ski racing team. And so she is like phenomenal. So me just being able to get through the day is, is a win, no injuries. Everyone survived. Everyone's fine. So that's my good news. That's, that's so always my hope for you to say yes, to go with somebody that's hardcore like that. It It is scary. And my one condition is like, I'll pretty much do any of the runs, but I am not prepared to like jump off, like three feet of vertical drop, which she would just like take like, no, no problem. No, not thanks. me. <laughs> no, thank you. Have you ever been to Salt Lake city? That's where I'm based. And we just got mm. the news last night that we have the most snow of anywhere on the continent right now. 
oh my God, no. And I have heard amazing things about the skiing in in Utah. Yeah. So much powder. So when you're recovered, when all your muscles are ready for more, we're right here. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Good. Good. Well, we have a, I have a lot of good news. I can't even think of which one I should pick. We just sent a communication out because for the second year in a row, we've just shattered revenue records at work, which is just fantastic. Not because of our personal goals as a company, but we are an employee appreciation organization that focuses on culture. And two years in a row, I'm telling you, over 20% growth. We're a 95-year-old company that is just feeling like reborn because these organizations all around us, we serve some of the biggest and the best companies in the world, and they are rediscovering appreciation and employee experience as a strategic priority. And it's so cool to just watch that in the world. And so we measure it in moments. And so we have affected 25 million recognition and appreciation moments worldwide this year. And wow. Those ripples just feel so good. Like that energy in the company is so good. It's 202 people a minute. Isn't that so fun? That's crazy. Yeah. I love I love when especially when you break it down the way you did. <laughs> How many per minute? 202. 202. Wow. Yeah. So just it's cool to feel impact and we just that's that purpose in the world is just massive and it's everything that we want to tie our energy to and um Anyway, that's that's an awesome accomplishment, I think. And I'm just I'm we just barely shared that that news with the company. So just feeling a little bit of a high from that today. Rightfully so. Well, congratulations on that. Um, all right. So so my good news and listeners don't don't hold us to this, but there's a good chance that we're gonna up the number of episodes that we're publishing on a monthly basis from four to six. And uh, even with that increase, if if we didn't schedule another guest for the rest of the year, we'd have episodes to publish all the way through March. We've never been in this position before. So it just gives me a ton of energy heading into, right, we're in 2023, but going further into 2023. And I'm really just excited for all the guests that we have lined up. I actually think that goodness snowballs. And so I... I've listened to several of your podcasts. You get great guests and I just think you're, you know, it's all that is just feeding on each other. So congratulations. That's awesome. Really appreciate it. Um, So I think that you have a really interesting story and I know that this ask or this question I'm about to ask you might be tough to, to sum up everything, but, but give us the, the highlight reel version of your story and how that led you becoming both the chief market, marketing and people officer at OC Tanner. Sure. Um, it really is just a story of being open to opportunities and sort of being allowed to do things that I'm passionate about. I've always loved people. I've, and I've been it's been kind of a weird dichotomy though, because I haven't like had a like a close, super close social group, but I'm kind of one of those people that just is friends with everybody, but not like a little click. So that's kind of been my pattern in life, um, which has actually just sort of continued through my professional career. But I actually graduated in journalism and learned how to write and tell stories is sort of what I, I credit that experience as giving me. And I ended up taking a position as a writer in our sales team here at OC Tanner instead of a a weekend position as a producer for a local news station, just because the pay was so much better. And my husband and I were still in school. And I was like, this is, 
I'll just do this for a minute. You know, it's just one of those things like, Hey, let's stretch my skills in a direction I hadn't planned. And when you get done with school, I'll go do the, the journalism thing. So found out that I really was curious about business. So sitting in a room, trying to synthesize people's thoughts and answer questions from clients, I don't like knowing everything that's going on. And so pretty quickly, I decided I was going to go back and get my MBA, learned about business, learned about strategy. This, it's interesting too, just because the school really kind of tried to talk me out of pursuing that. They said, you're going to be the only humanities major in our business program. And we don't know if that's a good move for you. And I said, well, I'm here and I'm willing to try. And maybe you need a little of that. Like, I don't know, maybe there's something that I have to offer. And I love now, you know, we, maybe we can talk about this a little later, but I love now that business schools are kind of more open to the fact that positive organizational culture requires like some knowledge of the human <laughs> aspect of work. And so I've seen that shift over my decade from kind of being almost shut out of business school to now them welcoming some more diverse majors into the program. So happy to say I finished business school as the valedictorian of the class, not as a point of pride, but as a point of, I'm glad you let me in. And we had something to give each other, but came back with just kind of a fuel for the difference that business can make in lives. And specifically as a culture company, as an organization that partners with other companies to really figure out what is of strategic importance to them, and then recognizing people who demonstrate the behaviors and the results that align with the, those strategies, and really creating a human aspect to work. I was really inspired into more of an HR focus just from working with our clients. So I moved to sales from sales to a marketing position where one of my responsibilities was to curate client stories about how they were using our products. And our contacts are all HR executives, CEOs, C-suite, people that are trying to do strategic things with their companies and just got me thinking about what lights me up and what path I would like to take. And so when we had an opportunity to grow our focus at OC Tanner internally with our internal HR team, they asked me if I would accept a position as vice president of culture. And it was such an unusual ask because, and I'm so grateful for a workplace that looks in unusual places for people that just have a passion about things, but not necessarily experience in that area. Because here I am in marketing, working part-time, getting more and more part-time as I have my family, right? Like I have three kids and I would just, I had leaders who would say to me every single time, what do you love about your job? Okay, that's your whole job now. And I would say, I can give even less hours. Well, we'll take whatever we can get. What do you love about your job? Now that's your whole job now. And so I kind of got to sort of curate this experience, always just kind of asking myself, what unique value can I can I continue to offer? And just having those really con candid conversations, which with what were really progressive leaders at the time. And that's another thing that really encourages me is more and more leaders are just open to different arrangements, non-traditional arrangements. And that's the only thing that saved my career, quite honestly. So I'm always pointing back to that when people have a, but this is what we need. And I'm like, eh, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. Like we have to sort of honor the path that, that, you know, that winding road that got us all to where we are. So long story, even longer. I had this opportunity to come into HR and focus on culture and then sort of by osmosis and curiosity of my own pursue certification so that I understood more of the technical aspect of human resource work and just be surrounded by a really supportive team. So once I kind of felt like I had my feet under myself, I totally quit. 
I left and my family needed me. I have a son with special needs and he was really intense at the time. And I ended up walking away from what I thought was my dream job, where I was going to finish my career. Lots of tears, lots of heartache, lots of I'm shooting myself in the foot and I'll never get this chance again. But priorities are priorities and you have to make hard choices sometimes. So left not with any promises or knowing exactly what would happen. And I started getting these phone calls from my network, which is like, I heard you left. Can I just have lunch with you? I just have a question, you know, can let's just reconnect. And then if, you know, something would come up, I'm, I'm at this company now and this is what's going on. What would you do? And I started to sort of respect the fact that I knew some stuff or I had a sense about some problems that people were trying to solve. And then I thought I should charge for this. So I told my friends, hey, we're not just having lunch anymore, but if you want to have an engagement where we talk professional things, I'm going to start this little consulting practice. So I did that for the three years that I was away from OC Tanner and got to work with some amazing tech startups in our in Silicon Slopes here, just south of Salt Lake City. Got some amazing experiences, you know, coming from a 95-year-old company with a lot of tried and true processes and legacy and systems that were already established. Um, going to a company that was trying to companies that were trying to invent all of that and really helping them understand sort of what what a, a, a really authentic and intentional people practice looks like in those organizations. So great experience for me. Had the opportunity to just stay in touch with some leaders here who were just we just kind of checked on each other and really excited to get a phone call saying, hey, would you ever consider coming back? So came back as the chief people officer. I've, I've done that for a number of years. And then we had our marketing executive retire over the last year. And they just thought, because we sell to me, right? Our audience is CHROs. Our audience is there. People are always asking, well, you know, would you buy this? Would Does this resonate with you? They asked if I would consider taking the position. And I told them, no. I said, that's that's not, I love this company. And I haven't been in marketing for 15 years. There's no way like I it's all different. It's all changed. I won't do it. I said, but I'll be on the search committee and let's find somebody awesome. So we post the position interviewed, had like 80 applicants interviewed a dozen people. And in every interview, I'm like, that sounds fun. That sounds great. That's exactly how I would have answered that question. And so when we came back to kind of make our, our list, I just had my executive team look at me and say, are you ready yet? Are you ready now? Would you take it now? And so <laughs> I told them I would love to, I would love to come back to marketing, but I wanted to keep my people team. And I told them, I thought that made sense just because we are who we are and I am our audience. And I want to stay in touch with the practices that, and the problems that we're trying to solve as a business. So right now they're letting me do both things. And it's created some fun momentum and alignment with how we are showing up for our clients. What a story. I, uh, as I was sitting back, listening to you share that, I, it, it almost felt like I was watching a movie in my head. Like I was picturing all the different phases of your life and the different roles that you've had at OC Tanner. And uh, yeah, what a, what a cool story. I don't like to make that story about me either, but I think people get so distracted. I like to share some of the details just because people are like, yeah, but I did this. Yeah, but I did that. And I just, I, I, I off ramped or got off the ladder, or, you know, whatever that means. Oh my gosh, just buckle up. This is a, yeah roller coaster ride and have some fun. What I heard there was that you chose a path that that lights you up. You you do things that that give you energy and that's led you to the role you're in now. And I can I can relate to that in a in a lot of ways. 
I have heard your story. And so I, <laughs> I know that that's true. Yeah. Okay. So I know you've talked a little bit about what OC Tanner does and most of our audience is probably at least familiar with OC Tanner, but if you were describing OC Tanner to, to a family member, how would you describe what you all do? Yeah. So just to sort of establish sort of the size that we are and kind of what I, what I think makes us special, but we're a 1600 employee company that has six international locations and we serve the world's cream of the crop when it comes to culture companies all over the globe. So we help them be very intentional in designing their employee experiences. And the at the heart of that for us is employee appreciation. So we are both a software company that creates access points for people to recognize each other in a, a digital environment. And we are an award manufacturer that creates highly symbolic awards that once people experience that digital recognition and or have a moment, a live moment where they're recognizing the great work of someone else, they may receive some points or some credit to go in and select awards, or the company may have selected a symbol that somebody will receive at a specific interval in their career. And we have a whole awesome teams of production specialists and craftspeople that create really memorable symbolic awards. So it's very cool to be in both environments where we've got a floor, a factory floor, and a, you know, a, a cadre of engineers doing stuff that are on the very high end of tech. Yeah, no, it's super interesting. So why why should uh, me and Steven be jealous that you get to work at OC Tanner? I would say that we are a company with a deep soul. We were founded by a philosopher that told us that the purpose of our business is beauty and kindness. And so, I mean, how interesting of a business purpose is that, right? We are in the, we are in the business of beauty and kindness. And we tend to attract people that want to be in the middle of that kind of an environment. And so it's, it's optimistic, it's positive. We are helping companies do positive things. We're constantly trying to elevate the experience of those around us. And when somebody interacts with our product, it is so fun to have a neighbor or a family member say, I received this award at work, or I got recognized for doing something that was really hard. And I stepped up and my company really appreciated me. Look, and it's ours. Like we were part of that moment. So it just is that, again, that kind of positive mojo that feeds on each other. And we just get to get filled up with that every day. I feel like your founder is someone that I could very, like he speaks my language because I love the simplicity and the humanity in, in that kind of purpose of beauty and kindness. And I feel like that's, it's hard to not connect with, with a purpose like that. And so, Mindy, I'm so thrilled to have you on on the show today. And I have I've been on mute intentionally because I have so many questions to ask. And I know it's it's still relatively early in the new year. And I've got to imagine, similar to myself, a lot of people, leaders and executives out there are anxious about how the next couple of quarters will play out. It was a bit rocky exiting 2022. We're all kind of wondering what what the year ahead is going to look like. And so I'm curious, just you know, from your vantage point, working with so many amazing brands globally, what are the best and thriving organizations doing right now from a people perspective, you know, considering some of the uncertainty that that we're seeing? 
Sure. I mean, my goodness, we're going from uncertainty to uncertainty, it feels like, right? Like we just really need to does. get used to it. Like that's just how it is. So I, I will say this. I feel like we speak to a lot of organizations that are like, help me solve this problem, right? We don't, we can't find people. We, we can't keep people. We don't know, you know, we don't know what people want. So we have the benefit of having a research institute within our walls as well. And so we do a lot of work on what matters to organizations and to people and, and what, what is it? What does it mean to have, what is culture anyway, right? Like what do people value? And so over the last several years, we've watched sort of this compete competition for talent and we've competed largely on wages. I mean, we're just watching the inflation of, of, of wages all over the place, watching people leave for massive increments of money that may or may not match their skill set or their job description because we've just got vacant seats everywhere. Everybody sort of, I feel like the pandemic just accelerated the wave of baby boomer retirements that we were seeing that were leaving such a gap anyway. So now we don't have a gap. We have like sometimes in certain industries, a chasm of, of, of space where we just need humans that are willing to do the work that's in front of us. So we, we tried the competing on wage thing, which is completely unsustainable. And when we look at the predictions from the National Bureau of Labor Statistics or whatever, when will unemployment not be a problem? When will it start to rise and we will have some selection in the market? Well, the next 10 years are flat at where we are. So if you're thinking like, I'm just going to wait this thing out and we're going to, you know, just buy as many people as we can to stay in seats, that is not a winning strategy. And furthermore, people are not moving or staying. They will broker for raises if that's what they need in their life, but they, they are not engaging in what it is you, the purpose you want to put in the world with, with money. So we have to compete at a level where we take wages out of the equation, but the real difference maker that we're seeing for organizations that are winning right now are those that are paying attention to employee experience and its evolution into employee fulfillment. So we, we used to measure employee satisfaction, right? And then we went to, oh my gosh, they got to be engaged. We can, they can't just be satisfied. Like they have to like being here. Like we're going to measure engagement. And I believe the next evolution of that is employee fulfillment. And what that means is that employees are finding purpose in their work in your organization. Could, could your employees tell you what your purpose is? Why do you exist? Basic. And they have to be inspired by it. So if, if you're not doing that, that is that is primary number one. Articulate your purpose and make sure you are hiring people who believe in that purpose. The next thing I would say is that you have to create an environment where they have a sense of connection and community. So we talk a lot about belonging and all of the many ways that you can foster belonging, but you're belonging to your company should mean something, which means that they that they find community there. And I even go as far as to say, I think we're seeing community dissolve in a lot of different places. It's being it, it, it's breaking down in, in our traditional definition of the word community out in society. So these our workplaces really just have to be havens of people who are united by a purpose. And that purpose has to be our company's purpose. So we're going to collect individuals who find community in that purpose. We've got to grow them. Somebody shows up for an interview and like, we have to paint a picture of how they will grow with us, not how they will stay with us, but how they will grow with us because we, we have to grow as a company and we have to know that they're on board to grow with us. And then one of the biggest findings that we had in our research last year is around balance. And this is something I've heard you all talk to your guests about a lot, but 
the interesting thing about the language that we were hearing is it's not about work-life balance anymore. People weren't using that language. They were just saying, I just need to find balance. Because my gosh, we're sitting in our homes or our offices or both, depending on the day. And there's just balance now. And and so just digging into to this a little bit, going back to the frenzy that was 2022 and, and compensation levels, because it was a frenzy yeah. and it's interesting. I'm a little bit older, so I've seen frenzies like that in housing markets. I've seen frenzies like that in a variety of different ways, but I don't think I've ever seen a frenzy like that when it comes to employee compensation. And one of the things that I, I think about, so as wages cool off and they seem to be cooling off a bit, do we, how do we level set expectations with employees? Like, do you, you know, I, I feel like that's almost, that that's something that we need to look at in parallel to the other things. I, I think what you're suggesting is there's a shift in focus and the shift, the best brands out there are looking at community. They're looking at evolving the engagement focus to more of experience, fulfillment, purpose. And I agree with all of that. But before we get to that, how do you think we start to level setting expectations around, around comp? Yeah. You know, for us, it really is. I think that there's a really important shift happening right now between growth for growth sake and profitable growth. And we're seeing companies that have just been growing without regard to profit sort of mm -hmm. get whiplash by investors. Mm -hmm. And I think at least in our market where we are really affected by tech and VC and, you know, series AB, whatever you are, like everybody's pulling back. And those investors are saying, show me what profitable growth looks like. You ought to have leaders that are paying attention to people. What is your people strategy? How are you investing in growth in your people, right? Like what's your learning and development strategy? And it's, they're brand new questions to a lot of these organizations. So it, I'm hopeful that there's a market correction that's happening that is going to force companies who thought, you know what, I'll just throw a bunch of options at you. I will, I will throw a bunch of cash at you to keep you in a seat. And we've seen that quite honestly, we, we weren't immune to people leaving and being curious about what's in the market, but we followed them and we saw them hop usually twice within a year. So they, wow. they didn't leave us, they didn't stay with who they left us for because I'm, I'm guessing the promise was pretty shallow there. And I, when we have people call us back and I've had you know, kind of vetted this feeling with them, but I've said, look, is, was the increased combat pay? Like, were you in the middle of such a mess where you landed that, that, that higher wage was required? So I, I think that there's something to pay attention to there. We've kind of gone to a re-recruiting strategy where those that we were most heartbroken about losing, we've reached out to again and said, look, if it's not working out where you are, you didn't burn a bridge here. Like, just come home. So we, we have been welcoming some people back who are like willing to take a, an appropriate size salary, I would say, to come back to a place where they have some um, stability. And yeah. I think stability is, is becoming more and more important. Yeah, I, I, I would have to agree. Um, where my wife works, she works for a company called Toyota Connected. And over the last, I guess, maybe two and a half years, there's probably been two or three people that have left her team for, for salary, right? To go somewhere where they know that they're going to get paid a lot and they're back. They're back at her company. And um, yeah, I feel like if you can figure out a way of, 
of attracting those boomerangs, I feel like it makes a big difference. And then another thing that you said, so you talked about community, growth, and balance. And I'm in the middle of of writing an article for, for the Modern People Leader where we basically sum up the biggest learnings of 2022. And all three of those are on my list. So oh, it was a bit that. validating to to hear you say that. Yeah. yeah. And we're just hearing it in spades. So we just talk about what the research tells us. Yeah. The the thing that I I I feel like there's been big lessons learned for individuals out there, the work the the employees, the workers, in the sense of what is a $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 change in my pay worth sacrificing the amazing relationships, the amazing culture, the, the fill in the blank, right? The, the stability that I had and what an amazing pull to be able to like ask people, was it worth that, that pay increase you got? And I, I think there is a material amount of people out there that would probably think twice about it now. And that after taxes and all of the other things involved, you know, the learning curve, the rebuilding your social network, building all of the political capital that you build when working for a company for years and years, I think there are a lot of people that would say it's not worth it. And in fact, I would prefer to, to have a, a higher sense of community or better connections with the people that I work with. And, and that stability. And so I, I love what your research is saying. And I think it, it, it plays out with what, what, we, what we are all seeing with our friends and family in real life. I appreciate that. And I love what you said about, I, I, I want to make clear that I'm not saying that people shouldn't be curious about what opportunities are around them. Because just staying put may not be the best thing for your own fulfillment. Agreed. Right? Like you have to be with an organization where you love what you do, you love who you do it with, you love what you do it for, like period, the end. Like you cannot be as as great a success as you might be if those things are not true for you. So you, you that Agreed. has to be true. But you have to look at the value that you receive from your workplace as beyond your salary. You have to look at, again, these relationships. Do I love what I do every day? Do I believe in the purpose we put in the world? So there, there is real value in having alignment to things other than this is what I'm paid. Less transactional I, I, workplace relationships. I, I I agree with that also. And I'm curious, we, you know, toward the back half of last year, we talked a lot about Gen Z and the the growing influence and impact. I'm just curious, has your research found any any interesting insights related to to Gen Z and the impact that they're having on what's going on? I wouldn't say that we find huge dif- I mean there are differences for sure in expectation of workplace experience and I actually think it's an expression of expectation of workplace experience because I think younger generations are just feeling permission to say things that we've all wanted to ask for all along. So it's not that they're radical in coming out with asking for something new. It's they're just radical in their candor for asking it and expecting it from a workplace. And I think that they have options, you know, where that's maybe not be true. You know, I think about I'm into the third decade of my career and there were times when I thought, oh my gosh, just, I'm so glad to have a job. And they're in an environment right now where they've got choices. And I'll tell you, when I greet a group of new hires, 
I tell them, thank you for choosing us. Like, there's no way I'm going to shy away from, hey, you're lucky to be here. Like, why would I say that? I, I never want them to feel that. I want them to always understand how grateful we are that they have chosen to invest their time, energy, and smarts in our purpose because they have, they have choices and we need to respect that as employers. I love that. Ditto. So I think I have the, uh, the name or, or the title of this podcast. It's going to be something to the effect of, you know, evolving from employee engagement to employee fulfillment. And I, I think I was talking to somebody the other day and they were, they were sharing what they like about the show and one thing that they said was, as I'm listening to different episodes, I have moments where I'm like, huh, or like, hmm, like moments where it makes them really think. And when you said that, that was definitely one of the moments where I had that that similar feeling. And um, I wanted to dig a little bit further into that. So company culture in the past was looked at as having cool perks or like a really nice office. And it was about the ping pong tables and the beer kegs and the kombucha on tap or whatever it was that people were offering as, as perks. And I feel like now company culture is, you know, to your point, how do you create an experience that is fulfilling for employees? Because mm -hmm. there are so many options out there. A lot of people that are coming into the workforce, specifically Gen Z, they have so many options now. And if you want to really, I guess, separate yourself from the rest of the companies out there, it's about creating a fulfilling experience. Like, there's no better feeling than feeling like you're a part of something that's bigger than just yourself and feeling like you're achieving your goals or like you're achieving, you're, you're, you're achieving something on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Is that sort of how you're thinking about company culture and, and how the top organizations are going to approach it going forward? Yeah, you know, I um a few years ago I came across an old theory and it's called self-determination theory. And it it says are you you're nodding. I I hope you're familiar with it. But it says like at the root of our deepest happiness there's three things going on. I feel autonomy, like I have some sense of choice and control over my life. I feel mastery, like I I I can do something really well. And I feel connectedness, right? So I've got autonomy. Sometimes they'll say mastery or competence. Oh, and I have connectedness. So I, I, I can, I can find my community. And I just had this moment where I'm like, the workplace is so uniquely situated to offer all three of those things every single day. So can I give you autonomy? Absolutely. Like, can I give you full autonomy? Maybe not, but I can give you where you where I decide an outcome or, or as an organization, we need an outcome. Can you decide the path we get there? Can you solve problems in a way that gives you the autonomy to figure out how we get there? Yeah. So best leaders are, are granting that kind of level of vision and autonomy. Then competence, right? Mastery. Can I help grow you to the point where you feel like on most days, I nailed that. I'm an expert at that. Or I, I know someone who is and I can feel myself growing toward that level of mastery. And then can I connect you to people? Can I connect you to our purpose? Can I connect you to others? They will help you either grow or help you solve these problems. So this, this trifecta of like psychological joy, the workplace is uniquely situated to grant. And so I, I always tell my leaders, there's three things that we should do for everybody every day. One, people want to know, do you see me? 
can, do you even see me? Like, do you know what I do? And that's what appreciation does, right? Like I can say, you nailed that today. I absolutely see you. I see how it relates. I see the value it brings. So do you see me? Do I matter? Now that you see me, do I matter? How do you, how are you going to demonstrate to me that I matter to this team, to this company, to our purpose? And then everybody at the end of the day just wants to know, was that okay? Like, how did I do today? Like, how was that? How was that meeting? How was this podcast? How was this interview? You know, what, was that okay? There's even a story where Oprah Winfrey says every single person she ever interviewed from the richest person in the world to the person who, you know, had this rags to riches story lived on the street or is still there. And we're trying to understand a different homeless experience at the end of every single interview, every single person, no matter where they were situated in life, asked the question, was that okay? Like, it kind of makes me cry because that's, we just want to know, did, did I add value? Was, was that satisfactory to you? So when you think about if a leader can say, I see you, and this is like when they say it, I mean, like their actions demonstrate, I see you, you matter. And yes, here's the feedback for the day, right? Either that was okay, great, awesome, or we can do better. And here's how I want to partner with you to make tomorrow better than today. Like, that's it. It's simple, but it's really hard, right? Just because it's simple say, doesn't mean yeah. it may be. So simple, but I guarantee you this is not happening on a daily basis in a lot of organizations. And as I was hearing you talk, like just connecting the dots of this conversation, it, it is interesting with cash, how you can mask what is really going on at your organization. And the I feel like right now there are a lot of people that have been laid off and they they feel duped. They feel like they were tricked and that they have been taken advantage of. And I believe that a lot of this, a lot of toxic organizations were were masking or it was like smoke and mirrors. And it when there's a lot of cash to just put out there, it, it's a lot easier to get away from like these these fundamentals, this higher level of purpose, because it's flashy and it feels compelling, or I'm I'm missing out on something that others are getting. When the real truth about these organizations was that they were overhiring, that they did not have these principles that we're talking about in the self determination theory, that they just flat out didn't exist, not to mention they mismanaged the business. And now we have this terrible mess on our hands. And I know you work and OC Tanner works with a lot of organizations that probably avoided some of these mistakes. I think it's hard for us because even as at the company level, it's hard to see other organizations doing these things and not, not participate in it as well. But I, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on, on these toxic organizations? And if I am a leader at a company that is struggling to find out like, who are we really? And how do we, how do we clean up this mess? You know, how do they get from where they are to where you're a lot of your clients already, you know, th they continue to exist in. Like, how does that transformation happen? Have you guys seen this? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you've worked with a lot of organizations to help them through that journey. But what does that look like? And where do you start? 
Yeah, that's such a good question. And if we had the magical fairy dust that fixed fixed every organization, we'd be growing at twice the rate. But <laughs> it, it, it takes a lot of hard work, and and people have to be serious about actions that support words because any organization can stand up and say tomorrow it's going to be different we're going to we're going to do this differently or that differently and organizations really have to start by getting honest about what they want to keep and what they want to change i always say you can't build a, a glass house on a pile of garbage so you have to excavate at some point and give yourself a better foundation and i think employees we i think we are afraid of more than we need to be afraid of when we get real honest with people it's not like they don't know where the warts are, you know? So if you stand up and you say, look, we we don't have processes. We don't, it's chaos around here. And we don't want it to be that way because our we realize that that doesn't create an optimal experience for you, doesn't create good results for the business, help us. And I think that we always wanna go to our employees and say, here's how we're gonna fix it. Here's the solution, right? Here's the answer. When really we just need to say, help us. I think our employees have every answer the business needs. And sometimes we just don't ask for the, the co-creation of the solution, right? We just want to say, here's how we're going to fix it. You love it, right? But what we don't understand is that when they get the opportunity to not only have a moment where they're like, and this is not good and that's not good. And here's what I love. I love this. Can we keep that? Because they will have those moments too. And then we say, okay, well, what do you think the solution is? They're, they're going to come up with something better than we could ever prescribe to them. And we can't compel that kind of alignment in the organization. We can only influence it. So let's get everybody on board. Let's drive alignment. You know, go try and drive anybody these days. Nobody wants to be driven anywhere, right? I want to volunteer. I want to opt in. I want to lend. And I want to be asked and I want to create something with you. So I think most organizations go wrong when they're like, I always say no surprises. Like, I don't want a big reveal anymore. I want us to have iterated this all along the way and for us to go, ah, let's, let's let this baby grow now. And then let's evaluate whether we are still in the right direction. And then we're going to come back. And so no more kind of magic curtain and reveal moments. Let's just ask our employees to solve the problems that they already know are problems. Like, get, let's just get honest and ask for their help. Yeah, I couldn't help but think about we were traveling with them, Southwest Airlines. And I, I have to imagine someone was like, we got to find a way of, of scheduling our shifts, guys. We got we've got to have better technology. And I. I'm sure there are a lot of executives and shareholders that wished that that had been listened to if it did in fact happen. And so I will, I will tell you this, and I think Southwest is an amazing example, and we ought to watch what they do in this moment because they're doing some really amazing things. Like the news is going to quit covering because it's 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 too positive a story. <laughs> I think interesting. Tell yeah, share more. I, I think that their their culture and that you know this is a brand and an experience that has been held up for dedicating, I would say, a disproportionate amount of resources to culture building as an organization, Agreed. right? Yeah. They just Agreed. do things. They're known for that. They're yeah. known for that. And and they've succeeded based on that. They've had a loyal employee base. And when I was watching their challenges over the holidays, and I was just thinking, you know what, every business has a moment like this. I don't care if you're in a technology replatform or you are in a hiring debacle or you're in an ethical problem with your organization. The biggest disadvantage Southwest had in that moment is that they 
they're on public display. The fact that their product involves so many people at a really inopportune moment in the year when people want to be places for really special reasons. But if you watch everything that their CEO is doing and saying in this moment, we are all going to fall down. You you cannot grow as an, you are not trying hard enough things if you don't fall down at a moment as an organization, right? But they are putting their arms not only around their customers, but also around their employees. And they're saying, we know that you are the heart of us. And so how are we going to solve this problem? And everybody's going to armchair quarterback and whatever, keyboard kill, every every level of judgment of nothing we know anything about in that organization for sure. But I, I, I think that Southwest is going to continue to be an amazing case study and culture because I think that is what is going to pull them through this moment. They'll get the tech right, they'll get the systems right, but they have such equity in their culture that their people will stick with them and help them solve this problem. And you're watching that they're treating their customers and their employees with the same level of respect and apology in this moment to saying we can and we will be better. And I I think it's an absolute lesson. I'm I think they're doing an amazing job recovering from moments that we all have as organizations. I love I love that perspective. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I I do know you can't build culture overnight. It yeah. takes years and years and decades and decades for a multi-billion trillion dollar company like Southwest Airlines technology platforms, you know, if you have money and people, you maybe not overnight, but you can build those very very quickly arguably way more quickly than you can build culture. And I, I, I do, I do believe that. And so it'll be, it'll be a fun story to continue to, tr- to track over time. They but- didn't, they didn't have this moment because their people walked out on them because they weren't getting what they need. They were, reco- they're recovering from this moment because their people stayed in it with them. Right. Like yeah. they had, it, it, it wasn't a people related issue. I mean, you can, we can go out anyway. Southwest I think is fascinating. No, so- the, the- this 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 reminds me of something that John Foster shared when he came onto the podcast. And he's writing a book about the human-centered organization. And the way that he explains it is human-centered organizations, they optimize everything for people. And that starts with customers. So like what's happening with customers? How is that impacting employees? And then going to those employees to find, you know, the solutions to these problems and as you were talking about Southwest and how they've handled this situation, all I could think of was human-centered organization. I mean, I feel like this is something that we've been talking about a lot the last few months. Um, we've heard it called people-focused operations. We've called we've heard it called the experience as a product. It feels like everyone's sort of uh, circling around this the, the same idea. Well, here's the other thing: what what is any business without your people? Yeah, like, try and run it. So right? true. When we were standing outside doing some recognition for our frontline during the pandemic, and I just remember looking at the building and thinking, our business isn't in there. It's standing out here with us, right? Like we're, it doesn't exist in a spot or a place or a, or a system or a technology or whatever it is. It is in people. And the sooner organizations kind of get real about that and start to depend and trust in it more than some do now. I think the the better off and the farther along they're going to be. Yeah, I totally agree. And I I just, I don't know why I'm always shocked at this point in the conversation, Daniel, but 
you know, we're, we get here so fast. I feel like we're just scratching the surface with you. And I would, I have so many more questions for you, Mindy, but unfortunately we got to turn the corner. We promise to get you to get you uh, free, free you up at the top of the hour. And so uh, I'm going to go into our rapid fire questions. Another tradition of ours at the modern people leader, we ask the same questions to every, every guest. And so first question for you, how do you define a modern people leader? What are the traits and characteristics? Um, modern people leaders, this is our definition of leadership, place people in a position to succeed and provide the conditions necessary for growth. That they have empathy for their, organ for their pe very people. They understand them. And that work is very individual work. They know their team members. Love it. Love it. Next question. If you could go back in time and talk to a 22-year-old Mindy, what career advice would you give yourself and why? I would just trust the, trust the dance, trust the process, trust the flow. You know, you're going to be just walk through the opportunity. Don't ask too many questions. But Don't it's so hard. It. It's so hard. It. It's I so know. scary. This isn't on my five-year plan. Don't have a, I don't know. I'm probably not the best, like, follow the plan. I'm like, trust the process person. It's just going to happen and do the things that you are passionate about. Because if you think you're going to prescribe what your timeline is to those whom you work with, it's just such a turnoff. Like just say, show up, add value, ask for more. That's it. Love it. Yeah. I, I'm with you 1000%. Whenever I try to get it, bend it to my will or to make it happen my way, it almost never like zero chance of, of success when I, you know, trust the process and I let go and like, let's, let's go for this ride. It, uh, I'm always pleasantly surprised at the results. So I love that advice. Last question. If you could fix any HR people problem with a magic wand, what would it be and why? That is such a good question. I think at the core of every HR problem is trust. And mm. I think we're always trying to elicit trust from our people, but we forget that you have to extend it first. So it's it's kind of flipping that trust conversation on its head and saying, you know, a lot of people know what they want to get, but few know what they want to give. How are you demonstrating that you trust your team members if you expect trust to be at the heart of your organization? And we can't we can't do a lot without trust in any relationship. And so if we have leaders and you know company leaders, team leaders one-on-one -on -one leaders that just make sure that we put trust at the core of, of, of our relationship. And remember that we are in relationship. People hate to say a relationship or love or what, oh my gosh, like we don't quit being human when we walk through the door at work. So love on your people, be in relationship with them, establish trust, all those things that you want in every other relationship in your life, you should have with your team members too. But then we would put Patrick Lencioni out of business because- <laughs> That is like the, the, the bot. I always think about his pyramid and, you know, without trust, you got nothing. So, well, thank you for sharing. Those are great. So we've, you know, the way that we've been introduced to a lot of our amazing guests that we've had on the show have been through this question that I'm about to ask you. So if you could, if you could just nominate, you know, one or two people to come onto the show next, who would those people be and why? Well, I will tell you that my biggest professional crush is on Jane Dutton, and she is a, like an OG positive organizational researcher at Michigan, um, the Ross School of Business at Michigan. I had the opportunity to meet her a few years ago, but she is 
the original architect of job crafting and sort of how you think about work will change your work. Um, and I think she, I, I, any chance I get to, to talk or absorb Jane is huge. She was actually Adam Grant's teacher. So there you go. What? Like, oh, you wow. want credit, wow. right? Where, so, where's her social media post? So <laughs> I thought we're Facebook friends. So she has great, just like life journey, but she just retired from Ross, but get her on. She would, okay. she would, was, be, it, was that like, Jane uh, Dutton? Did I say Jane that right? Dutton, D-U-T-T-O-N. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right, so on to our one word or phrase close, where we all respond with a word or phrase from the episode that we want to close with. Who wants to go first? I can go first, since I, I went last on the good news story. So I I keep going back to uh, the three things that you said that every company needs to be doing for their people. And it's asking the questions, or I, I guess you, you should be answering these questions. Do you see me? Do I matter? And was that Okay. And to your point that work is building relationships, I, I think about every person that I come into contact with throughout the day, whether that's family members, my wife, you know, um, Stephen, these are questions that are constantly going through my head. And the last, you know, the, the first thing I asked Stephen after um, every episode that we record was, so what'd you think? Like, I want to know, was that okay? And we asked that question to each other. So um yeah do you see me do i matter was that okay i love it i'll I'll go next but i'm gonna keep it much shorter and <laughs> i'm gonna go with live with purpose uh because i feel like you know i certainly forget that and all the other things seem to matter more and if you if i when i bring it back to purpose everything just seems better yeah i always say to myself be on purpose like, was that, did that have did that good thing happen because it was an accident, a happy accident, or did, was that on purpose? I just want to be on purpose. So I just want to say thank you because I think every single time Aww. I hear a conversation that you host, there's just good waves that are put out ripples into the universe. And the more leaders that we can get supporting each other in this work, the better that every workplace is going to be. So mm -hmm. nobody has a corner on, you know, great workplace culture. We, we do what's right for our, our part of the universe. And I think the more that we can get people inspired to expecting more out of life and work, fantastic because we all rise to the level of expectation and i just i think you are doing important work in the world and i just want to say thank you well thank Aww. you so much yeah thank I, you i feel like i'm kind of in my feels right now um <laughs> yeah me too mindy you got us yeah, yeah. thank you okay. love it love yeah. it well we we promise to get you out promptly and we're a minute away from that and so thank you so much for joining us Mindy it was an absolute blast great way to kick off our our year new year recording and hopefully you know you may consider rejoining us at some point in time in the future but that was a lot of fun thank you thank you talk to you later bye bye guys thanks for for tuning in to another episode of the modern people leader we, we really, really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. And connect with us on LinkedIn. We want to we wanna know what you think about the show. And uh, yeah, you can, you can find links to both of our profiles in the show notes. So thanks again for listening and, and see you on the next episode.